0: Good morning and welcome on this beautiful, sunny Sunday. And it's good to be together here. Praise be to God, who makes the sun shine on us today. We're here together in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray together. Abba Father, I thank you that you are here. I thank you for everyone who is here in the service, no matter how small, how big. Thank you. Let's praise together with the next song. Be Thou My Vision. Kingsley will pray with us.
1: Our almighty and awesome God, we come before you with the full confidence that you will hear and answer our prayers. This confidence is anchored on your word, who you are, what you've done, and what you continue to do. You created the heavens and the earth and said it was good because there was peace and harmony between you and the people you've created. Problems started when we disobeyed you. Your invitation to us for solution was clearly written in your word in Second uh, Chronicles 7, 14 where you said that if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways then you will hear from heaven forgive their sins and heal their land are there God we confess our individual and collective sins to you today. Our sins of choosing to live our lives independent of your instructions. Our core sin of pride and prejudice, which are the root causes of conflicts, wars, injustice, racism and all the evils tearing apart all nations. Father, we are living witnesses of the consequences of our rebellion and disobedience and we cannot help ourselves the lives and actions of your people have so far resulted in dim lights that have not been sufficient enough to challenge and repel the advancing darkness ravaging the humanity across the globe we cry out to you for help we come to you in humility and repent from our sins. We plead with you to forgive our sins and heal our land. Father, we know that you have not left us helpless. Motivated motivated by your love for humanity, Jesus came to restore the broken peace and harmony. We are grateful for the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. We pray that you Search our hearts and help us, each one of us, to fully commit our lives to you, that your Holy Spirit will change and equip us to serve you better. Revive us, O Lord. Revive us, O Lord. Father, let the righteousness and the peace that Jesus brings shine through the individual lives so that people will be drawn to you the Prince of Peace, Abba Father, we bring before you the countries in our world where there is conflict, wars, especially in the Middle East, Nigeria, Burkina Faso, Miami, and all the other places. We ask that your peace will prevail. We also bring to you the ongoing G7 Summit We pray that you give the leaders wisdom to make decisions for the common good. Abba Father, we thank you for the progress so far made in bringing the pandemic to partial control. And we pray that there will be more collaboration and support across the world until total control is achieved across the globe. Our dear Father, we bring all these prayers and the unspoken words in our hearts to your throne of grace, believing that you answer us through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen.
0: As a teenager, I was totally taken with the metaphor, the comparison of the trinity with the three different forms or states of water. That comparison was pretty popular at some point, so I'm sure you have, might have heard of it. You have three different states of water. You have it in liquid, you have it in solid form, ice, or vaporized form. And just as water appears in these three states, so does the Trinity appear as the Father, the Son, Redeemer, and the Holy Spirit. And in my preparations for today, this metaphor came to my mind, and I believe it will help me to make a point from which we start off from. In our daily lives, I think it's safe to say that we use water in its liquid form the most. At least that is what comes into my mind. We drink it, we need it for cooking, but we also use ice quite a lot for cooling. We use it plenty on a daily scale. The vaporized form of water, however, Seems more like a byproduct, doesn't it? When you cook something, that's what clocks up the glasses, (laughs) so you can't see anymore what you are actually cooking. It is a byproduct. And we rarely do use steam quite intentionally. And this reminds me very much of how we treat the Holy Spirit. We treat it like a Trinitarian byproduct, And it's there, yeah, but it's part of the Trinity, yes. But mm, we're not so sure about it. It's a bit unsettling, perhaps. We might have forgotten, or maybe we just miss engaging with the third form of divine presence in more depth. The Holy Spirit, however, is one of the Trinity. And that's why these past weeks, we as a congregation have been thinking about, talking about, and hopefully struggling with this third state or form of divine presence. The Holy Spirit. And after looking into who the Holy Spirit is... We now come to, what does that mean to us? What does that mean for us? And David set us off last week, looking into some ways the spirit is revealed through us, that is, how the vapor takes form within us. And here we are going to continue today. What other form does this Holy Spirit take, and what practices does this actually entail for us? How does the Holy Spirit inspire wisdom among us, the spiritual gift of wisdom? That's what we look into today. And before we go any deeper, let's pray together. Our Father, you inspire wisdom. And I pray as we are sitting here, listening to your word, finding what wisdom is, that you guide our thoughts, our hearts. Amen. In the Gospel of John, shortly before his arrest and the climax of the Gospel narrative, Jesus prepares the people closest to him about what is going to happen. He shares with them what the Holy Spirit is about. Let me read a short passage from John 16. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, Now, what has this passage to do with the spiritual gift of wisdom? I would claim everything, because divine wisdom starts with discerning wherein it grounds itself. And Jesus announces here the Holy Spirit. His friends are to expect the Holy Spirit, and for what reason? To hold the world accountable. Sin, righteousness, and judgment are words of accountability. They're not comfortable, but words of accountability. Let me describe it this way If I am guilty of wrongdoing, in whatever form, I need to be held accountable. And I wish to be held accountable if that means that the relationship to a person I care about might break up or shift. I want to be held accountable, and I want to have the opportunity to make things right, to become righteous again. Or, if wrongdoing was done to me, I wish the judgment in some way would happen, that things would be fair. Words of accountability. But not any. It's accountability that pursues God's character. Because the frame in which John embraces this speech is, for God so loved this world. For God so loved This world. And from this standpoint of self-sacrificial love, do we need to think of this accountability? The Holy Spirit discerns and Jesus speaks of. And this is not something that happens removed from us. When Jesus speaks here about the Holy Spirit, it's not something that happens beside us or somehow magically around us, as if it would happen outwardly, the advocate will be sent to you. What the Spirit does and works, the Spirit does and works through us. This applies to God's church, which we are a part of those who believe in him through Christ. Through the church, the Spirit works to hold this world God loves accountable. To hold accountable in love is to encourage the good, that which pours out love. And that is why the New Testament writer Paul spends a whole lot of his letters and time describing and thinking through what this holding accountable in love looks like. How this Holy Spirit, this vapor that inhabits us and animates us is revealed. I read from one of his letters, now, to each one of the manifestations of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, distinguishing between Spirits, and all these are the work of one and the same Spirits. The spiritual gift of wisdom works to hold this world God loves accountable. And lucky for us, we don't need to look far to listen and to hear what wisdom has to say for herself. The Bible contains a message from Lady Wisdom, a woman called Wisdom and inviting us to listen to her. And Katrina is doing the reading for us.
2: The reading today comes from Proverbs chapter 9 verse 10 and chapter 8 verses 4, 10 to 14, 22 to 23 and 30 to 31. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Choose my instruction instead of silver, knowledge rather than gold, for wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. I, wisdom, dwell together with prudence. I possess knowledge and discretion. To fear the Lord is to hate evil. I hate pride and arrogance, evil behavior and perverse speech. Counsel and sound judgment are mine. I have insight. I have power. The Lord brought me forth as the first of his works before his deeds of old. I was formed long ages ago at the very beginning when the world came to be. Then I was constantly at his side. I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in his presence rejoicing in his whole world, and delighting in mankind. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
0: What is wisdom inspired by God? What is spiritual wisdom? It starts with knowing God. the Three in one. She hates evil, and in that holds us accountable with the vision of a just world. Wisdom is not about self-sustainment. It is about applying knowledge, prudently and without pride. Wisdom entails discernment of motives, motivations and intentions. And in short, as we heard in the beginning of the reading, Knowing God entails becoming wise. And looking at your experiences through the eyes of God, love self, for all to see in Jesus Christ, that entails becoming wise. To speak God's wisdom is to reveal and pour out a portion of this loving and compassionate being. Into a person's life. Wisdom the Holy Spirit animates is based in our, through love, appeased experiences. That's how I summarize that. And I'd like to share a very well known story with you to signify what these words might mean practically. And I took the liberty of rewriting the story from a new angle. There was a young man who loved his father and younger brother very much. He and his little bro worked together in the family business, started by his father, and often he would show him and teach him how things were done, where to get the good coffee, how to write out checks, how to set up timetables, he taught his little bro. One day, as he came down for breakfast, he saw his father giving away half of his inheritance to his younger brother. And with that, he was gone. Apparently, his younger brother decided to just take off he abandoned him and left him behind. Resentment grew over the audacity of his younger brother. Bitterness, too. This experience changed him. Day after day, he saw his father's broken heart. And day after day, he worked harder and harder to be of support, and to be the son worth having. He poured out his soul and dedicated his life to the family business and to comfort his father. Years passed, and one day, the older brother came home from a long day at work in the family business, and there was a whole commotion going on at home. There was music, laughter, people gathering, feasting, and his father and his younger brother in arms. There he was, after years of absence and silence. Rage was pulsing through his veins at the sight of this betrayal. And he refused to step into the house. When his father came to see him, to look out and look after him, his anger bursted. Day after day, I have watched you grieve. Grieve. I have poured my soul into this business and never have you done anything like that for me. But him you choose to celebrate? After all he has done to you, to us? And the father replied, you are always with me. Everything I have is yours. But today, we had to celebrate your brother. He was lost, and now he is found. Wisdom, the Holy Spirit animates, is based in our through love, appeased experiences. What do you think? How could this son, and you could also think of it as daughters, how could this son act wisely now from this situation onward? Take a moment. What would you do? As I see it, despite the older brother having stayed home, at home all this time, he made the one big mistake of thinking it was his responsibility to save his father, when it was not. He actually needed saving. He needed comfort. He needed acknowledgement and room to express his anger. He needed love to come to terms with this family breakup. The older brother was so busy forgetting he had a brother, that he did not take the responsibility into account what to do if he might come back. Wisdom, the Holy Spirit animates, is based in our, through love, appeased experiences. That's the place the father was in, the father held. He was able to see, my lost son is found again. And he was also able to see my older son is missing from the party. Wisdom starts with knowing God. She hates evil and in that holds us accountable with a vision of a just world. It entails knowledge and discernment of motives, motivations and intentions. And in this story, the Father, in his wisdom, makes one thing very clear. And we know that Jesus tells a story to give a glimpse of how God is. So God the Father, makes one thing very clear. It is not yours to judge or even agree with my decision. It is yours to be a brother. It is yours to be a brother. And I wonder if the church sometimes falls into the same older brother trap. Instead of being a brother or sister, we have forgotten perhaps whose house, whose body we actually build. Do we live in the footsteps of a tradition built on hierarchy and past glory? Do we wonder why we have lost our voice in the community? have we missed to concern ourselves with the lives of others? Can we share genuinely with one another how we feel, how we are doing actually? Only from that place of a sister of a brother to the world, to one another, each other here, of being a brother and a sister first, can we take up this commission Jesus speaks about? The commission of holding this world accountable, not the other way around. The wisdom the Holy Spirit animates and tells discernment, what is motivated by this love, and what is motivated by manipulation, deceit, self-sustainment, or pride. The Holy Spirit in us, the wisdom, that wisdom speaks what is true through us, yes, but not for truth's sake, but for the sake and love for the other. And I'm convinced we all have felt this feeling inside of us. Now is the time to say, and we might not have always taken that one up. But don't worry. A next opportunity will come around. Let us find ways to invest our voices the things that matter. Let us be prudent and act wisely. Let us learn from the older brother's neglect. His hurt. Let's be a brother and sister first. And we will learn when we need to speak. And when we need to Be quiet and listen. And we will learn when we need to cry out in face of injustice and where we need to serve peace. In view of this hope, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes In him shall not die, but have eternal life. Lady Wisdom calls out to you. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. And the Holy Spirit animates in us. Amen. Let's hear Lady Wisdom this next week. Go on the blessing of God the Father, God, Son, His Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit who animates and is living in you. Amen.